it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As we do every Monday at noon, BWI is live. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Today, we've got a ton of stuff to cover, and we've got a special guest on the BWI live show. Uh, But first, we're going to introduce our panel, as we always do, starting with senior editor of Blue White Illustrated, Nate Bauer. Nate, good morning. Happy Monday here on a snowy day to end March. They said out like a lamb, I thought. Yeah, this is this is lame. That's all I got. It's lame. Uh, and of course, we have Dave Eckert. We're going to be getting into some basketball stuff today. So give me your best chess pass back to the live show. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Uh, and I'm more of a bounce pass it. guy, you know? Oh, the, Mr. But, uh, Fundamental, huh? You're gonna make sure you bounce yeah. that in, and then it gets up there, and then it gets into the gets into the into the pocket. Are you going yeah, for the shooting pocket? The pocket. Going for the shooting pocket yeah, or for the course, rebound pocket? Of course, of course, the shooting pocket. That's, I mean, if, if you're not scoring, then what are you doing? Do you <laughs> well, you know, the assist to the assist, the hockey assist, seeing as your hockey, our hockey guy, I thought might also yeah. be a part of uh, what you were trying to do. Uh, so we're going to be talking about recruiting a lot today on the BWI live show. Uh, we're going to be talking about spring recruiting, how important that is for Penn State football in Uh, context with the fact that spring practice is going on and how those two things work together. Uh, It is a very big weekend for Penn State recruiting, not just here on campus in Happy Valley, but also uh, at the Under Armour next game. Some information from the Nittany Lions came out from there. So that's why, guys, I'm going to put you on pause. So I'm just going to use my remote, put you on pause. And we are going to have an interview here live with recruiting insider Ryan Snyder. He was at the... uh, event in Baltimore yesterday. So, Ryan, what were the highlights to you when it came out of Penn State prospects who were in attendance uh, at the Under Armour camp in Baltimore yesterday? Well, you were there, too. <laughs> I'm you know, now... <laughs> you, you, you can tell people that, too, you know. Um, I've now, let's get into I've it. now uh, thawed out, officially. Like, I am now officially thawed at this point. Oh, good, yeah. My... <laughs> took a little while yesterday. That was that was not fun. Um the biggest highlights. Well, let's let's start with Tony Rojas, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think wrote a story last night on that, and uh, he he's officially calling Penn State his favorite, which we've assumed for a long time. But you know, we don't have a lot of recruits nowadays, literally coming out and saying that. You know, we have yeah. a lot of top fives. We have a lot of, you know, this is this school and this school. We see a lot of top twos, but we we, we don't see too many guys, you know, just outright saying that a school is your favorite. So. As far as biggest takeaways, I thought that was the one piece of, of valuable information that we took away from that. Again, we already assumed that. I have an RPM for him. A couple of my coworkers agree with that as well. They have different crystal balls, RPMs, whatever you want to call them, uh, in their different systems. But uh, having Tony say that, I thought, was uh, the biggest takeaway for sure. Uh, watching Michael Van Buren, 2024 quarterback, that was a uh, uh, you know, valuable, you know, see, seeing what his pluses and minuses were uh, still can improve in some ways with arm strength and different things like that. Yeah. But I thought uh, a lot of a lot to work with there. And of course, we didn't really get to see him moving a lot either. You don't you don't really have that in those kind of settings. So that was that was a positive takeaway. Uh, but then also Neil Avery, who was there and who decommitted yesterday. So yeah. so what's course, the situation with Neo Avery? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened mm-hmm. there? And I know Greg talked to him, but, you know, we were all at the event. We were talking about it. So can you give us kind of the recap of what Neo said and kind of the, the perspective coming out of this for Penn State football? Neo wants to be recruited. You know, I think that's just kind of the, the easy way to put it. And, you know, we, we see guys all the time who, you know, feel like they have their decision, feel like they have their favorites. They commit, 
you know, and then, you know, six weeks later, they kind of realize that either they missed the process or they feel like they missed something. And, and that's that's Neo uh, to, to from what I see from the outside looking in. It fits fits that well. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, South Carolina were all schools that he mentioned he wants to visit again. And I don't I don't think this is good for Penn State because mm-hmm. I, I don't. Well, first off, I mean, just look at the numbers over the years. I think they've had two guys recommit uh, over. You know, however many it's been, 50, 60 guys, you know, since since Franklin's taken over the num- or over the program. So the numbers don't speak for, uh, you know, that that it will bode well in Penn State's favor. Will he visit again? Yeah, I expect them to be in the mix. But, you know, I do find it interesting, you know, after he came out and said he'll play defensive end. Now this happens, you know, are, are other schools maybe like Georgia, you know, back in his ear about tight end? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but but Georgia is definitely a, a player in that recruitment. And I will I will be watching closely to see how often he goes down there. Uh, interestingly, one of the only players to decommit then recommit to the Nittany Lions is in the class of 2023 and was also a tight end in, in Matthias Barnwell. So uh, it doesn't bode well, but what is the next step for Penn State? How does this typically work for them when they have a decommit and they want to continue that relationship, I assume? Yeah, of course. I mean, he, he's a very valuable prospect and and not somebody who, you know, they wanted to, to lose. So they'll, they'll continue to chip away. I just, you know, whenever I see decommitments, I, I just... Uh, I'll be I'll be honest with fans. I, I don't think it's a good thing. And until until the numbers start swaying back in Penn State's favor, just look at the percentages. I mean, it's it's what like five percent, you know, something like that. So uh, we'll we'll see. But you know, the fact that he's got a lot of SEC schools after him as well. We've talked about NIL a lot lately. That's not going to probably bode well in Penn State's favor. Uh, we we will talk a little NIL later today. But um, it's it's still really too early to say exactly how this will all play out. But you know, me being pessimistic, Ryan over here, I guess uh, <laughs> does not look at that. And, and think this is going to probably go well for Penn State long term. Of course, Avery was in attendance yesterday at the Under Armour Next event that Blue White Illustrated was at. Uh, he was not participating, though, because of an offseason injury, so we didn't get to see him work out or perform. I don't really have an update on where he is in that process, but if you want more information on Rojas, uh, from Chad Simmons, from Ryan, and also some information uh, just about the event in general. Michael Van Buren, he mentioned as well. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com is where you go to get that information. Recruiting is at a fever pitch right now, so sign up for just $1. Link is in the description of this video. So if you're watching here live, you can just scroll right down. You can click on that, and then you can sign up for a dollar to get the inside access on everything that we saw live as, as it was happening as well over in the Lion's Den message forum. And as always, if you're doing all of that, you might as well subscribe here to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. Want to thank all of you quickly. 6,500 people following the channel now, and we're heading steamrolling on the way to 7,000 on the way to a million. That's my plan anyway. <laughs> That's the goal. That's, That's the, goal. the goal. And after that, it's, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I hate using internet lingo, but to the moon. So, Ryan, last thing from you as far as spring practice visitors, because this uh, past mm-hmm. weekend was a big weekend with Will Norman uh, as one of the players coming to campus. It was a surprise visit. Uh, but he wasn't the only player. And then, of course, that continues today. So give us a, a quick recap of the guys that were on campus this weekend that you think are notable and the guys that are currently with the Nittany Lions. Yeah. Uh, Will Norman was two weeks ago. Sorry, T. Frank. Oh, man. We talked about him last week. It's okay. (laughs) It's in your head. We talked about him on Friday. Uh, Amari Snowden, I think, was the biggest name this past weekend from Roseville, Michigan. Uh, Three-star, quality three-star prospect, but his, his, you know, talking about to the moon. I mean, his his trajectory is really kind of taken off at the moment. And, uh, you know, I have a story coming up here soon. probably actually a little later today on recapping his visit and just where things stand with him. Uh, the, a couple couple guys from outside the region, too, as we talked about, with Kyle Parker from Texas, Cameron Cook from Texas, and, and some young players uh, out from California coming in. Uh, I need to catch up with those guys still. But uh, I, I would say it was a, a pretty good group. I still think probably this upcoming weekend and the, and the second uh, full weekend – uh, first full week in, in, in uh, April, I mean, and, you know, second weekend in, in April, uh, that, that'll be probably the biggest um, for, for, for Penn State as far as leading up to the Blue White game, of course. But uh, one other guy, too, I forgot to mention is Arville Reese. He's a, he's a linebacker from Glenville uh, who got an offer today. Whether Penn State's going to go all out for him, so I'm not exactly sure with him being a 2023 guy. And then, of course, you have Tony Rojas and, and some others in there who I think are a little higher on the board. But uh, keep an eye on him. Um, moving forward. And then, of course, there's the NFL Academy guys on today. Yeah. Hey, Frank, you got to see them yesterday. Yeah. Uh, some guys from, from England. Uh, Kofi Taylor Bollocks was was kind of the one guy. Kofi Taylor Bollocks. What a, what a, what a British name there. Uh, 
He has, he has a Michigan State offer, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, he's actually been to Penn State before, so this will be his second one. Uh, then Peter Clark was a, a solid-looking tight end prospect. Both are 2023 guys. You know, I don't know if um, they're quite on Penn State's level yet, especially with this. You know, if they were 2024, 2025, it'd make a little more sense. But right. uh, for now, I you know we'll see how the visit goes and, and go from there. But um, busy couple weeks coming up, man. This is we'll, we'll have some more players on campus here uh, on Wednesday. I think a couple of Glenville guys are going to come in. Uh, and then, uh, oh, the Justin Brown's also on campus today, um, up-and-coming prospect from Tennessee. I'll be curious to get some recap on that. Ryan, your fans are showing up in the chat today, and I have to apologize. Thanks, because Bradley. We are going to have to move on because, first off, <laughs> all this information you can find out at bluewhiteillustrated.com, like I said. But the Blue White Illustrated Daily Recruiting Show comes up on Tuesdays, so... We got mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff to talk about there as well with Greg Pickle. Uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. So, Ryan, thanks so much for joining the show, giving us the breaking information from yesterday and this weekend. Always appreciate you of on course. the show. Of course, man. Take care. All right, let's get back to it. I'm bringing the guys back on for the BWI live show. So any thoughts, anything stick out to you about this weekend or recruiting when it comes to what Ryan and I just discussed? Uh, yes. Nate, um, you tell us. You tell us, how was your first, as a longtime veteran of standing and, in my case, getting sunburns uh, in June, like to the point where prospects' moms used to like call down to me from the stands to say, that boy needs sunblock. Like, get him some sunblock. Ryan, I could have told you that. How was it? How uh, was it? No concern about sun or being burnt whatsoever. There was a probably consistent 15 to 20 mile an hour wind. So, you know, I'm the film guy and I wanted to learn some stuff. But for the most part, I'm staring through the lens, not really getting a chance to evaluate a whole lot. But with that in mind, uh, a couple guys stood out to me uh, other than the fact it was freezing. So that's the main thing is that at one point, it starts, you know, because it was snowing here in State College a little bit. I noticed there were some flakes on the ground. It was like that in Baltimore, uh, and it made me question my decision of career at that point. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I thought the early I got a little bit more out of it. The wind got worse as the day went on. Um, so I was looking at the defensive ends. The defensive line group in particular was stacked at that Under Armour camp. So a couple guys that stood out. I was watching Mason Robinson because he's a Penn State commit. Ryan has put in a, uh, a prediction for him as far as landing with the Nittany Lions. I wanted to get an up-close personal view of him. Still going through a lot of the film. So it's basically get everything you can and then drive two and a half, three hours home. And by the time we got home, I just went to bed. So we're still getting into some of the film, but I talked to Mason afterwards. Um, and of course, we're going to have a bunch of that stuff here on the YouTube channel. So stay tuned for all of that. I thought he looked good. Probably the best technician start to finish of the group, but there's some other standout guys we'll get into a little bit later. Recruiting uh, is what we're talking about today. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that the, the debate and the question at those events is always whether the interviews before and after are the most valuable or whether the actual opportunity to see them right go through yeah. the uh what are they what did uh what did Eric Wilson call it the underwear olympics yes uh, yeah <laughs> so you know you know how we are in this industry like we need as much stuff as possible so a little bit of how the sausage is made here is like it was great to get a bunch of photos and B-roll, you know, the video I throw up here on the show. Um, other than that, um, I didn't learn a whole lot that I didn't know already. A couple guys, I think Sadir Mitchell stood out to a lot of people. Um, and that's because there was some new information, which you saw on him last year on film. Really big dude, 6'6". He said he played up close to 360. He had trimmed down quite a bit and was notable in that defensive line group as somebody who that big was moving pretty well. How does that translate to the field? We'll see in the falls, but he did stand out a little bit that way. The interviews are the most important part because that's when you hear why Neo Avery decided he was decommitting. That's when when Greg went over and talked to him, uh, talking to Tony Rojas and all that information that Ryan was able to get uh, afterwards. Very much from a nuts and bolts perspective, that's the important part. But yeah, it's always good to see players in person. But if you've watched the film, a lot of that information was already known. So, Dave, 
You got any questions? (laughs) (laughs) What about outside of the defensive lineman, T. Frank? Did you notice anything else that stood out to you? Uh, The defensive line group, uh, uh, Joseph Mpui was everything, again, on film, unbelievably tantalizing prospect. 6'6", he is all of that. He is a huge player. Uh, And there's a couple other uh, defensive ends that stood out as well. Uh, Dominic Nichols, or Mick Nichols, I apologize, I don't remember his last name, from 2024, he was a guy on film that we've talked about on, on the BWI recruiting show a couple times. And when Fry, when Ryan comes on on Fridays and I was very intrigued by his film because he looks like that, the St. Bernard puppy, right? Like you can just tell he's going to be huge. And he was, he was in person. But what I saw from him is he's very raw young player, 2024. That's what you expect. But some of these guys are being trained from a very early age, right? So when you when you get into that scenario and you see a guy like Mason Robinson or Desmond Umazulo, who was one of the MVPs of the camp, and then you look at uh, Nichols and you can tell, like, he just did every bag drill slightly wrong. Like, if you were supposed to hit the bag with two <laughs> hands, he hit it with one. If you were supposed to do this move, he kind of, like, did the move but didn't have any force behind it. Like, his body didn't know, okay, here's what I'm doing. But the thing you could see was, holy cow, he moves really well. So, you know, some little nuggets from that as well. And uh, Bradley has a question here on the show. Penn State is beginning to recruit pretty well nationally. Outside of the usual uh, Northeast region states, although I thought he meant New England here, getting a couple of players from New England as well. These recruits, how do you grade them overall? Um, That is a very broad question, Bradley. Uh, So I'll, I'll, I'll just stick to this. When it comes to the class of 2023, the reason I was focusing on the defensive line group is that's a very deep group right now. Wide receivers, DBs, I think we're still figuring out a little bit about 23 in the region. And some of the Penn State's targets were not at the Under Armour camp yesterday. But from the defensive line position and and going back to the Neo Avery conversation, Penn State wants him, clearly. They wanted him to play defensive end. But this is a really deep group at defensive end. So does Penn State feel like they're going to be able to get two or three guys at that position? Because if they can, they can make up for losing Neo Avery if he is no longer going to be a part of the class in any shape or form in the future. So that's one of the saving graces about this particular situation. And I think that there are some players that are as talented as he is and have been playing the position longer. So I think that's kind of how I'd view the class of 2023 this year. Uh, And then when it comes to the way they're recruiting nationally, a lot of that, according to Ryan, and I'm just repeating what he said on the BWI Friday show, These guys in Florida that are playing corner, first off, that's where you want to go for athletes in general. But outside of Lamont Payne, it's not a deep area in the region. So that's where you see a lot of this national recruiting going to. Uh, But Nate, we're going to go to you for recruiting because you wrote an article about March. (laughs) Yes, you wrote an article about March and how important it is for recruiting because Andy Frank was speaking on uh, the coaches show last week so give us an idea of what he said about how uh recruiting works for spring football and how important it is for the overall process yeah i mean i i think that it um a couple of things right it gives you it's a dead period right so penn state's coaches are not on the road which is um you know i think certainly helpful for the program as a whole that they're here right like that they can be with their current players but the the thrust of the conversation was very simply that Penn State is hosting multiple recruits every single day, right? Like there is not a day of the week that they don't have guys on campus. And so whether it is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, which is the, the practice days that they have for the program right now, um, or Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, like there's just always somebody around. But more players on the practice days, right? Like obviously you're 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 hosting a bunch Monday, Wednesday, and then once you get to Friday, <laughs> excuse me, Friday, Saturday, uh, it goes up exponentially, right? Like and and Ryan had that information for this weekend that they had a ton of guys on campus for Saturday's practice. He saw all of the social media that came out of that, um, guys tweeting from practice, like they want to see that, um, and then. 
separate from that, he he also talked about, you know, you can tell these guys what they want to hear. You can talk X's and O's. You can have all of these conversations about football. But the biggest thing that Andy Frank said, and I, I think that this has been consistent through James Franklin's tenure at Penn State, is the thing that's most valuable to these guys, to the recruits that are coming in, is whether or not they feel like they fit in. Yeah. You know, like not from not from a football perspective, from a cultural perspective, from a, a vibe, right? Like, I mean, I, I keep using that word. I'm overusing it at this point. But <laughs> yeah, like do do you do you get along with people? Do you yeah. feel like you have a good interaction with the assistant coaches uh and the head coach, obviously, and all of the personnel? It's such a broad operation, any football program at this point, that you just you want to see, excuse me again, uh, whether or not you fit. And that's one of the most valuable things that comes out of these weekends and these these visits, these practice visits for players is they get to have that interaction. Nate, how do you have spring allergies when it's snowing right now? You know, I'm hoping these are allergies because <laughs> it has been three or four weeks now uh, that my chest is tight. But we're going to power through. Let's okay. go. Okay. All right. You you went to Cabo or wherever. You went and hung out with NFL players on vacation. So San Juan. Okay. And they don't have COVID there. There's no COVID in Puerto <laughs> Rico. So it's not possible. Sure it is. Uh, Dave, is there, first off, do you have any thoughts on, on Penn State's recruiting situation right now when it comes to the importance of spring practice? And secondly, is there a equivalent in basketball because we're going to be getting to basketball recruiting today it's not just football recruiting so is there equivalent to that with basketball yeah so i guess like first just generally i mean i think it's important to emphasize what nate said at the end because i don't know think about when you were in high school t frank like you just wanted to be like around people who liked you you know <laughs> like you're you're like and it's 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 important and you know i mean if you go to Alabama and everybody at Alabama is kind of mean and you just don't like them, but you go to Auburn and everybody at Auburn's nice to you. Like I know Alabama has a more successful football program than, than Auburn, but you might consider going to Auburn, you know? So it's, it's something that matters. Um, and actually, and I know you wanted to tie this in with hoops, but I think that talking to a lot of the hoops prospects who have been around um, and some of the guys who have been up on campus, like, they feel like Penn State's basketball staff is very good at that, um, which I think is encouraging. I, I had a conversation with with Logan Imes, who I know we'll get to, but he was like, I, I just laughed the entire official visit that I was here, is, is what he said. Um, you know, the staff just had him laughing the entire time. So, um, but yeah, right now, uh, it's actually a really busy time for basketball. Um, they've got They've, they've been having visits the last couple of weeks since the season ended. Um, they've been getting guys up. So, yeah, um, busy time. I think they're maybe a little, little hesitant to have guys up during the season um, because the Bryce Jordan Center is, is maybe not the greatest uh, showcase. It's not, uh, it's, not, it's not Beaver Stadium. And Beaver well, Stadium no. isn't some of the other places around in the country. It's just historic and gigantic. So, yeah. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, so busy time, lots going on, um, kind of like football. So yeah. yeah, definitely a lot of cover. So I I we are now 22 minutes into our live show, 23 minutes, and I have failed to uh, talk to you, the audience, uh, about something very important to the structure of the show. If this is your first time coming to the BWI live show, awesome, glad to have you couple things are important. I noticed seven of you did this, and I appreciate this because you've heard this spiel before. So just sit through it. If you want to, like, you know, sing along, totally cool. Make sure you like the video. If you're this far in and you've got information from Ryan Snyder about the inside of recruiting, if you got what Nate said when it comes to, like, the importance of spring practice and having players see it live for themselves, hit like because you got something out of this video, and that helps us out quite a bit. Also, if you're feeling super generous, make sure you then share it with your friends. Social media, Facebook, whatever. I know Facebook is social media, but whatever. Uh, and it, it's, that, again, helps us out, draw a crowd, have a great conversation about uh, football, basketball, or whatever sport you want to talk about, and we're going to even talk about NIL a little bit later, which brings us to the last thing that Bradley has already done, and I want to say... 
I want to open the invitation. I should have done this to start the show, but we had to get to Ryan. I got super excited. I have ADHD. It was gone. Make sure you uh, throw a question into the chat if you've got one. If you have something on your mind, whether it's recruiting, whether it's the football team, I'm itching to talk X's and O's because that's what I do. These guys are talking recruiting, big picture with Nate. We all have our specialties and the things that we like, uh, but we all can talk about anything. So throw your question in the chat, and if you're feeling generous, I know I've asked a lot already, but Super Chats are open on this video. So if you want to donate to the channel, we'll absolutely get you and your question on air, and then we'll answer it. We'll have a conversation about it. Terms and conditions apply, like I can't put vulgarity on. But if you've got a question, we'll talk to you about it here uh, for sure with a super chat, and then we'll get to all the good questions and all the things that we uh, see in the uh, in the chat over here in between the things that we're talking about throughout the show. So that's how this is going to go for the rest of the day. Um, and, and Dave, I want to throw it back to you. You mentioned some of that inside. It's a big time for Penn State basketball. So what's going on right now? I know you wrote a couple of articles last week about some recruits that have been on campus and they're narrowing down their focus. So I'm just going to throw a wide open question to you and you can start wherever you like. What's going on with Penn State basketball <laughs> recruiting? Yeah, so they've had three important visitors uh, recently. Um, the most recent one was Devin Royal, um, who was on campus last week. He is a, I think he's the number 55 overall guy, according to On3, in the 2023 class. He's a forward. Uh, Penn State's been on him for a while. I think this was his third time up. It was his second or third. Um, and this one was an official visit. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that goes. He is from the Columbus area and he has an Ohio state offer. So that's tough. Um, but Penn state feels has, has felt good about him for a while. Um, the other guy and, and it sounds like he could be nearing a decision is Logan Imes. Um, another guy that Penn state feels really, really good about. He is a, uh, a point guard from Indiana. He actually played, um, AAU ball with the Indy Heat um, with uh, Braden Shrewsbury, Micah's son, and another Penn State commit. Um, Penn State really likes his size. He's 6'4". They think he can really pass the ball. Um, he's getting better as a shooter. He's uh, So, yeah, he's got some good offers. I think Creighton, Butler, some of the Big East schools. I think Virginia Tech as well. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, he took an official visit on, I think, the 16th of March. And, um, yeah, they feel good about him. And, and then another guy who is kind of emerging, too, is uh, Amani Hansbury. Um, high three-star prospect, uh, another, another wing-type player, um, good size. Um, actually, I'm, I'm supposed to be talking to him this week sometime, so we can tease a, a little bit. I know, right? A little bit of an, uh, an interview that hopefully we'll have on the site soon. But, uh, yeah, um, three guys to monitor. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how things develop from here. So you mentioned uh, Devin Royal, a big, uh, that they're pursuing the class of 23. I know that's going to be a critical thing with uh, whatever the situation in the transfer portal is. We'll get to that in just a second. But um, are there any other players in the class that are kind of in that category of somebody who can come in and play as a big? Maybe not in the long, like in the short term, but maybe in the long run that they're looking at. Because I know that that's an area where... If you can get one of those, you, it helps out quite a bit. So what's the situation uh, maybe with 23 when it comes to how they're positioned at that particular skill set? Right. Well, well, just to clarify, Devin is 6'6". Six, six, so okay. he's not like a, um, he'll probably be like a smallish power forward, a small okay. forward type guy. He's listed. Um, he's By the way, he's listed as a power forward on the uh, on three database. Uh, but yeah, 6'6", six, six, 205. So yeah, not exactly yeah. a big. Right. He's not Mike Watkins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a great question. And and really, it does kind of seem to be the area where there hasn't been a ton of development. Um, you know, a, a, an in-state guy that they like is, is Kachi Enze. Um, you know, he's uh, he's coached by a former Penn State player, um, Ben Luber. Um, but yeah, there really hasn't seemed to have been like a ton of development there and keep in mind that they took two bigs in 2022, right? So they've got Kevin Jai and Demetrius Lilly, 
um, who will both be on campus uh, this fall. So maybe not like an urgent need there, um, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't seem like there's a ton happening. Um, but definitely the transfer portal, which I think Nate can probably talk about better than yeah. I can, is they, they need a big there. Dave, uh, stop doing my job. I was just about to throw <laughs> yes, it to Nate. That's that's I'm I am the fluid between the gears. You can't just have an automatic. I have to steer the ship. So All right. Nate, I won't I won't be the pivot. You be the pivot. No, that was sorry. That was excellent. <laughs> you know, I did that thing that I hate the most when there's a perfect transition and then somebody points out a perfect transition. That is the new thing that people on TV love to do. It's like, <laughs> here I did this perfectly. Look how perfectly I did it. So Nate, now that I have stomped all over everything and the momentum of the show has stopped, what's going on in the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was I was uh, going down the rabbit hole of the ongoing Chris Rock Will Smith thread on the BWI Premium Message Board. Another thing I've done uh, terribly is I haven't I have not not one pop culture I, reference about it today. So honestly, you know, I'm just gonna like go. I I was I was gonna tell everyone that with your super chat, I will provide my spiciest Will Smith take, but. <laughs> Perfect. It's neither here nor there. Um, transfer portal. Yeah, they, uh, you know, so look, like, uh, certainly we are talking about uh, a need, right, for Penn State basketball to hit the transfer portal and hit it hard. And the, the thrust of the conversation here is uh, uh, about this. They need one-year guys. They don't need two, three, like, they don't need sophomores, to transfer into the program. Yeah. They got that covered. Um, this is about the trajectory of the program and they want to build a program that is built on high school recruiting. Like there's no, it's black and white. They, they have announced that that is what they want. However, based on the situation that they're in, and this is going to be the case moving forward as well. Uh, you're going to need to plug holes, but the holes that you plug you don't want to make a habit out of, and if you can avoid it at all, you want to be able to, to just bring in graduate transfers. Uh, and right. so I think that you're looking at either, either fourth year guys who are, who are looking at a fourth year uh, with, you know, potentially the option to return for a fifth with the COVID year um, or guys who have actually graduated from wherever they're at currently uh, and have an opportunity to take advantage of the COVID year for a one time deal. Um, you know, so I think you're looking after Sam Sessoms is gone, a guard for sure. Uh, I think you are absolutely looking, Dave can attest to this, uh, at a big, right. Um, there's a few, a few choices out there. Um, you know, and it's just, it's going to be about kind of seeing where the dust settles, mm -hmm. uh, on, guys who enter the transfer portal. And, and I, I mean, I think that one of the big takeaways uh, that, that has come to my attention is guys are still entering the transfer portal, uh -huh. right? Like it's not, it's not as though that is a settled scene. Yeah. The season's not even over are... yet. Correct. Right. And so you're not right. Like those conversations that are happening and have happened at Penn state are currently happening at other places as well, mm -hmm. right? In terms of, hey, wh what do you see for yourself? Like, what's where does the program see you? Um, those those happen everywhere at every level of the sport. And it's happening right now, meaning that April is going to be a hot and heavy time for Penn State basketball trying to find what fits, right? Who, who are the guys that you want to go for? Do you want to go back to the well of mid-majors right, right. You, you, you just you just had this great success with Jalen Pickett um you know the varying degrees of Greg Lee but probably some misses right with Jaheim Cornwall um you know and uh Giovanni Scott right mm. maybe right like you just you're not you're not sure how those are going to pan out um so yeah no I mean it's 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 going to be a busy few weeks here for Penn State specific to recruiting and the transfer portal. So Trying I want to get next year's team solidified. 
It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I want to ask Dave this because I think this is a very interesting uh, dynamic. You know, we talk a lot about football, and I think Penn State fans also want to know what's going on in the transfer portal for the Nittany Lions on the football field. Uh, And that's been kind of a quiet thing so far. Uh, But it's still new, and I think we're still navigating how that works. Now, the transfer portal rules are new for basketball, as they are with every other sport, but transfers have been a more common thing in basketball for longer. So how is basketball set up to kind of work through these kinks more easily than the football team, given the size of the roster, but also the familiarity with the process? Is that a fair way to put that, Dave? Um, It's interesting because I think that while there probably has been like it might be a little bit more common in basketball historically. This is still a new staff at Penn State that is trying to figure things out. Right. So, um, you know, I think what Micah Shrewsbury said uh, when when he was kind of closing out the season with the media on his at his press conference, he kind of said, um, the "Transfer portal is like speed dating. <laughs> you know, like you don't know, you just don't know what you don't know about some of these guys." And when you're building a roster using high school kids, you know everything. You have the time, you have, uh, I guess, the, the resources to really understand these kids, not, not even just their game, but who they are as, as people. And that's a luxury that you don't have when, you know, you're going into an online database and fighting like hell with, you know, 12 other programs who want the same guy who's going to decide a month from now. (laughs) Right. So um, it's interesting in that regard, but I think, I think that they did okay last year. Right. Um, You know, they, they probably bat batted maybe like 600 because I think they got more from uh, Jelani white than they thought they were going to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe three hits and, and, and two misses. Um, so I think they have a less uh, desperate need, if you will, um, this season, although they really need a big. Maybe that statement does not apply to, to bigs, but yeah. they just don't need to fill five scholarships. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I think they're positioned well. So this is from Scott. And by the way, if you want to get a question on the show, you always feel free to drop it into the chat and we will answer it as we go through the topics that we have for the day. But as always, you come up with some great stuff as well if you're watching and we want to get your thoughts on the show. So drop it in the chat. And if you're feeling generous, you can drop a super chat in as well. So Scott asks for Dave. Do we expect that Miles Dredd will take advantage of his COVID year? It would be great to have him back. What's the situation there? And, you know, we'll bring him back to Nate here in a second so we can have a larger conversation about this. But what is the situation uh, with uh, with Miles Dredd? Yeah, I think, you know, I'd be interested to, to, to know what Nate thinks about this. But Miles, <laughs> um, <laughs> Miles had surgery. Uh, and and I, so that's kind of been... Um, something that he's had to deal with while he's maybe making this decision. He hasn't said anything yet. My gut, and, and this is not based on any inside info, my gut says he'll probably be back. Um, you know, I mean, I think Penn State could use him. I don't think he's a player that's going to go play like professional basketball. Nate's got a face mm-hmm. like he disagrees with me, but... Uh, no, <laughs> Nate, Nate, do you want to break any news on the show? You see, like, so you feel no. like something's going to break here with your... What's going on? I want to be. I want to be real. I want to break it down here. <laughs> Should I get a beat ready? Hold on. 
Here we go. Okay, I'm good. Very good. Yeah. Here you go. Now uh, break it down. Break okay. it down. Okay, here it is. These decisions are not unilateral, right? And so it's not just Miles's choice, it's right. Penn State's choice. And the the reality in today's game and college athletics is that you're probably going to want to know right like what's what's his prognosis right like health wise uh, you know i'm not suggesting that it's like a heartless hey you're done like we thank you for your service see you later i'm just saying if this is a situation where the prognosis is for him coming off of a a surgery to not be 100% next year uh, again like there are, there are decisions to weigh like i'm, yeah. I'm Again, like I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to to slam him. I mean, obviously, he has brought value to Penn State basketball and could potentially continue to bring value to Penn State basketball on the floor and off. Yeah, um, you know, but at the same time, you, you probably want to know what what else is out there, right? Like, what who's who's interested? Is anybody interested that that fulfills what what Miles does that yeah. can hit? his percentages that has a, a track record of doing so uh, and what's their health, right? Like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's tough. It's tricky. And so I would, I would, my answer to Scott is maybe, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe he will. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a decision for him and it's a decision for Penn state basketball. Uh, is this, I know this is going to get into a a moral area and kind of a preference area, but we are heading towards a time in college sports where it is going to be more professional. And and decisions like this, Nate, the way you, you just described it, is more of a professional, we need to cut him because we need the roster spot so that we can go get somebody. And it's nothing against Miles, but if he's not going to be able to compete, why are we saving a roster spot for him? Um, it isn't there yet. And these things have happened for a long time, but they're becoming more and more, I think, gray as that line is blurred between amateurism and where we're going. So I guess I'll leave this open to either of you. How do, how do you deal with it? How do you navigate those waters with all those sunken ships? T. Frank, I got to stop you. Okay. Not only is it not only is it there yet, it's been there for a long time. Right. People just didn't talk about it. Pat right. Chambers called them called them carefrontations because you want to like have a nice you don't want anybody to walk away mad, right? right? Like you want both sides to be able to move on and be productive and have healthy futures. But look, there is a transaction in play here. Right. A scholarship is worth a ton of resources yep. in Right. And so like people, people who pound the drum on NIL being irrelevant because, you know, you, 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 you already get something like they're, they're right about that side of it. Like you are getting something as yeah. a scholarship athlete. And so, I, I mean, James, James Franklin talked about it. Uh, Sandy Barber talked about it. Like, <laughs> It's 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 just beneath the surface of, hey, uh, you know, when COVID happened and they went back into um, when they went back into this, you know, we're going to honor fifth years. Right. Like ever, anyone who wants to come back, who lost their senior season and wants to come back, can come back like that was a a nice gesture and a nice thing. For, for Penn State to do for those specific athletes, but there was no earthly way that that was feasible to continue in perpetuity yeah. right? for, for everyone who, for all four years, including freshmen, that they were all going to have the option of this COVID year. And it's, and it's past that. Like, yeah. it's not just the COVID year. It's literally your production. Have yeah. you produced? Have you fulfilled your, I, I mean... Obligation sounds harsh, but that's the word. Yeah. It's like, have you lived up to your end of the bargain of, of being worth that scholarship? And if it's close or not where it needs to be, you know, it it's that's what it is. Yeah. Like, hey, see ya. 
Yeah, this the is other, a- the other aspect that, I mean, there is, a, like, okay, maybe two years ago, if Penn State has a player that they're not sure can be useful or for them next season, right? Like, now they can address that immediately in the transfer portal, whereas previously they would be more inclined to just let it ride because they cannot make that that addition instantly, right? If they don't have a prospect in the upcoming cycle that they feel good about landing who can help them immediately, then you just roll with the guy on your roster who you're not sure about. Right. So uh, all of these things have kind of converged to like create like this added layer of intensity, I guess, um, in in everything, not just basketball, football too. So this is goes back to, I think you asked James Franklin a question about, do you feel like the roster is more solidified at this point? And he said yeah. it's never solidified. So hard slider asks, do we see a time in the portal where there's a designated period for each sport like football, January 1st through April 30th? And he clarifies that uh, it's a window for entry only uh, not only for entry but finding a new location so that you go into spring practice and you know who you have and you know yep. what you're going to be doing coming out of that as well because the players are on the roster until next November or January whatever do you think that's yep. uh coming in the future <coughs> excuse me uh yes yeah I do I mean I look like th- there are always competing interests in these conversations and so Universities, schools that are more adept at at changing on the fly, right, are positioned better to be able to handle these things and to not have a specific window. Uh, it is extremely complicated by the fact that everyone is working on semester systems, right? Like Manny Diaz talked about it when he was first introduced at Penn State, that like not not only is it the semester system, but different universities work on like drastically different calendars. Some have trimesters, some have semesters, some start in February, right? Like for the spring semester starts in February, Penn state starts the second week in January. Like all of these different things have a significant and severe impact on what a specific program is able to do because like we're, we're talking about this, like it's free agency. Free agency is buying the service of the player who is in that market and then they come to your team, Yeah, right? College football or college basketball, you're picking, (laughs) excuse me, you're selecting that player and bringing them into your program, but only if your university can accommodate them. Right. Like there there are, and it's not, it's not a, a, hey, you have to pass a drug test to be able to join the team. It's, hey, uh, do, do you have credits that count at Penn State and fulfill you on the academic side, right? Like we're not talking about like borderline guys right. who are who, who have these bad GPAs. It's, do, do you fit into this academic calendar? Can you come in if classes have already started for two weeks? Classes yeah. have been started for three weeks. In, in Penn State's case, the answer is no sometimes and so there are there are other schools that can handle that much better than penn state can it's it's like much deeper down the rabbit hole yeah than it might be at less far down the rabbit hole but a little more surface level is the fact that you know we talk about free agency and this is professionalized again there's a contract with uh, and nfl free agents can hold out or ask to be released or whatever they want but Typically, what happens is you're on the roster until the team cuts you in in college football. You can go wherever you want. Like you can leave whenever you want right now. So I think it's a very great. It's a very good question. Uh, and and I want to get to this one because this is uh, a, a real time meteorologist from Emshai says it's snowing right now. Is that good for recruits visiting? Well, that depends on where they're visiting from. Because if you're from Tennessee, you've seen snow in your life before. If you're from Florida, maybe you haven't. And I noticed this really interesting that um, we've talked a lot about Zane Durant this offseason. And uh, he is, I think, a very critical piece of the puzzle for James Franklin and the recruiting staff because he is a very, very talented player from Florida that chose to come up to Penn State along the defensive line. 
And the way James talked about him a couple weeks ago, the way James Franklin talked about him when he was talking about how he's walking around in uh, flip-flops and in shorts and how, you know, he's not homesick and all these things. And I'm just thinking every time he says it, I'm like, this is the best recruiting pitch he could have for a bunch of players in Florida that maybe they're unsure about that. So I would say uh, it depends each individual player. I grew up where this wasn't snow. This was, oh yeah, this happens in March. Like we went to prom and it was snowing one time. So I would view this as like battle weather, but I'm not from Florida. So I think it just depends. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that? Were you guys the person who wore shorts no matter what when it was called out? Because I was that person. You were? I was I was I was the shorts guy when it's fifteen degrees and there's six inches of snow on the ground. Just Nate, because I felt like I was proving a point to somebody. Nate, but, I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, ca- I catch some looks at the daycare receiving line <laughs> to pick up our kids when I've got uh, like indoor like shearling slippers on, shorts, and a hooded sweatshirt, <laughs> right? Like it just doesn't, doesn't all quite match up. But, you know, I... If I'm going to be outside for 15 minutes or less, I don't mind it. I'll, I'll go out in anything. It doesn't really matter. But like anything beyond that, and I'm like basically uh, cocooned in warmth. I, I need it. I'll die. <laughs> so we're again, we're talking previous T. Frank versus current T. Frank. Current sure. T. Frank is soft. I've been here too long. Yeah. But uh, almost Canada T. Frank was uh, a lot more of the... I, I never wore shorts, really. I never really liked wearing shorts. Like, I wore shorts in the summer, sure. But, you know, growing up on the farm, you got to wear pants so you don't rip your legs up. So I just didn't change what I wore. I always wore tennis shoes, pants, and maybe a sweatshirt. But I remember I was walking by Old Main in a blizzard, like literally gale force wind in my face, and everyone else is running with their hood down, and they're got their parkas on and their ug face their uggs and their north face and all that stuff and i had i i had my my sweatshirt unzipped and it was like blown in the wind and i was just like what's wrong guys <laughs> you know trying to be hard trying to be so hard yeah. so that yes sure. i was the dude that was like it's never cold it's a state of mind <laughs> cold is a state of mind so I was that guy. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. If you got a question, you can throw it in the chat. We've got some good ones here talking about the weather right now and the importance of recruiting and weather. I, 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 I tend to think, and I know that this is something that comes up a lot when we're talking about recruits from Texas or from Florida, but there's been enough of those guys that have come up to Penn State that if they want to come to Penn State, the weather's not going to be a problem. You know, yeah. uh, Grant, Grant Haley's from Atlanta, right? And I know that, you know, Christian Campbell is from Alabama. Some of these guys that James Franklin recruited uh, originally from Vanderbilt, but like Parker Washington's from Texas. So not even just Zane Durant. Guys from all over the country want to come to Penn State because they want to be good at football, it seems. You, you know how you know how people look like, I, and I hate to... to uh go down the marriage hole right but like careful people, with your wording there bud yeah no i, I just follow me <laughs> follow me down here uh it, yeah you, like most people could marry many different people right like like the notion of like oh there's only one person for you uh it is, is probably is not accurate right but <laughs> But listen, hang on. Hear me out here. I got to interject but, here. I got to interject. Uh, my wife has had me watching Bridgerton, and okay. that show would highly disagree that, the, that okay. that's true. That, that's fine. My my only point is, uh, in the like for the few guys who fall outside of your natural recruiting territory, they're the guys who feel like you're the one. Yeah. Right. Like that. That. Right. Like they're the ones who have that mindset of this is where I belong. It's the only place I belong. I have to go to Penn state. I have to go to, right. Like they're cause, because they're falling outside of that normal, you know, uh, recruiting territory. But I think, I think like the conversation as a whole as to, Hey, because the weather isn't ideal or isn't flip flops and 80 degrees every day of the year, like that, that that precludes 
Penn State from being part of the conversation. I think Penn State already is precluded from the conversation yep. in most of those instances. Right. Also, yet is what I'm going to say. It's not 80 degree and flip-flop weather yet in Center County. Uh, James says you're speaking the truth, Nate, so uh, you have somebody converted here. Um, Shout out to James. Uh, we're buddies. Uh, let's see. I'm, a couple of questions came through here in the chat quickly. So I want to switch topics before I get to any of those because I want to make sure we keep the train rolling here with a couple minutes left in the show. NIL was another big thing that Andy Frank talked about on Thursday on the Penn State Coaches Show. Nate, another thing you wrote about. Um, yeah. What is... What came out of that for you, and what was the perspective you had after Andy spoke on uh, the radio the other day? Yeah, I th I think that um, you know, for for people who have seen this program before, I might sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but there there is like an evolution at hand right now uh, with NIL and Penn State's place within it, and that evolution took a to me pronounced step on Thursday night. With Andy Frank and Dan Kabbalah, who they're both like high up staffers of, you know, support staff for Penn State football. And that step was, hey, the, it, not really dancing around it anymore. <laughs> like there, there is there is a two pronged conversation to be had with NIL and Penn State. And what they said is one. Here, here's the alarm bell, right? If Penn State's community doesn't embrace this, it's existential. It, it, it's, it's existential for Penn State football. It's existential for Penn State University. It's existential for all of the other sports programs in athletics. And it's existential for the town, right? Like, this is how you compete, is NIL. And if, if you don't, if you reject it, you're, you're not going to be part of the scene of relevant programs at the high end of college football moving forward. Bottom line, right? Like, and nobody has really put it in those terms, I don't think, publicly from Penn State un, until then. The second right. element, the second element of what they said that was equally important is it, it wasn't just doom and gloom. It was hey, this, this, like a big part of why Penn State fans rejected the notion of like bag men and all of that stuff in the past was because it was underhanded. It right. was against the rules. Right. And Andy Frank very clearly reframed the conversation to say, it's not, it is, this is not against the rules now. This is something that you can be a part of. Yeah. You as a fan can have a direct impact on the well-being of the program. And it is not limited to three guys who have millions and millions of dollars and who can access. put their name on it. Correct. Yeah. Like not it's not limited. The the opportunity to give and help is not limited to that. If is this a good $10 thing? a month. So let me let me let me stop you here. And and uh, yeah. Dave, I'm gonna ask you this question. Because now we're, and I said this the other day when Nate and I were talking about NIL, and it feels like we're tipping our waiters when it comes to now we're paying athletes and the, the fan is paying the athlete indirectly, but directly. Um, and I know that this is the environment that we find ourselves in right now, but no other sport other than buying tickets and buying merchandise and going to the game asks you to pay the athlete directly. Is this unprecedented access for fans or is this gross? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't love it. Here's Scott. Totally Scott frames it yeah. uh, perfectly not to cut you off, but I think the number sure. of dollars are finite explaining to a longtime fan why they should have to give their additional money to NIL versus the Nittany Lion Club supporting the university as they already have when it comes to the funding the athletic department. They've been doing this already. So I guess with that in mind, yeah. what Scott has to say there continue, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I would find funding NIL to be a more important short-term thing than the Nittany Lion Club. And 
that it just it just based on urgency, right? Like obviously we know that the athletic department has things that it needs to get done. Um, but if I'm a Penn State fan, I think that Penn State is very clearly far behind in the NIL game. And that's probably why you're you're hearing Andy Frank and Dan Kabbalah make such make that kind of plea, I guess. Um, and that's something that needs to change fast, or there are going to be very clear on-field repercussions um, to me anyway. But yep. I don't know if you guys disagree with that, but that's kind of my interpretation. On it. Yeah. Uh, Nate, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I think that Penn State's approach to this and what they're hoping for is that power in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't want to go down the politics path on this. It's what it feels it is, like. Yeah. But that's what it is, 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 um, campaign you know, donations. Have, correct. And yeah. so is it, are you, are you, uh, catering to the, the few who are extremely powerful and have a ton of money, or are you going to go the route of, Hey, text us this, and you've made a $5 donation, right? In, in the name of whatever. And so it's, it's all of that, right? Because Penn state formally is not asking for your $5 donation to NIL. Right. Uh, It is, it is a collective who is asking for it, but let's be honest. It's, it's on the behalf of Penn state athletics ultimately because their power to recruit is going to be directly dictated by this moving forward it is almost like the endowment of penn state doesn't matter to prospective students right but the in the endowment of the collective is absolutely going to play a role in how people perceive what penn state athletics can do for them moving forward and not just penn state everywhere yeah uh we'll give robert who was late, but it makes a good point. We'll give him the final say on this topic. He says, I think it allows a different avenue for these deep pockets to affect the process more directly. I don't think it'll take away from other donation processes. So yeah, if you, so Scott says there's a finite amount of money. Not if you're loaded, you know, like not if you're super rich. We think you, we have a finite amount of money, but if you have, Uh, you know, not I don't know anyone has a, a billion dollars to throw around if unless you're, you know, Jeff Bezos, but if you've got a lot of money to throw around and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars does not make you sweat in any way, yeah, donate a house worth of uh I'm sorry, that was about seventy five thousand dollars low for a house. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it, the more money you have, it can then influence you. There are no rules on any of this stuff. So yeah, uh, not to not to string this out too far in the future, but you could see de facto owners, guys that donate so much money to the program that they have an undue influence that is now above board because you can legally donate that much money and to continue, they might have some suggestions. So I, who knows? Who knows what the future holds when it comes to NIL? I lied, Rob. I'm going to give these guys one last chance to, to say what they uh, have to say on the subject before we end the show. So, Dave, any last thoughts on NIL and where we're headed in the future? I don't think I don't think anybody knows where this is going to go. <laughs> I think this is still very much clay being molded by the whims of whoever. So, yeah, um, Penn State's ability to react to what happens and what's new is going to be really important. And it's now not just on the field. It's not just your decision-making under pressure on the field. It's uh, all this stuff when uh, when the defensive end that is Alabama's collective comes at you. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> Nate, uh, I have been throwing out multiple fictitious futures throughout this conversation about NIL going all the way back to when we first started talking about it. Uh, do you have yeah. any thoughts on, on uh, not just what I've thrown out there, but anything you think the future holds when it comes to NIL? Yeah, I think I think the, the question is whether there is an appetite of legislation to get involved in this, mm-hmm. right? Is there on a federal level, is there something that will will force into act, you know, whether it's the universities, whether like we'll see like what the powerful interest is that convinces 
legislators to get involved. But I, I mean, I don't think that there's any question that if you look at multiple interests, right? Universities, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, the NCAA, which is a powerful organization in its own right, all of them are kind of dancing around this notion that like you you don't want to make yourself open to lawsuits. Like that's right. what this is about is is being is opening yourself to lawsuits. And so if there's legislation involved that kind of standardizes it on a nationwide level that eliminates that or lessens right. the threat of that. And so I, I, I like legally, I, I think that's a huge part of this and where this is going. Um, you know, but beyond that, like it, <laughs> it's just it's uh, it is it is going to continue to trend in the direction of rich getting richer and so forth. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the, pro- the programs that aren't there or aren't trying to get there uh, are going to have some real decisions to make in the future as to the worthiness of trying to compete in a space where people are doing things on a totally different level as what you're willing to do. Gentlemen, thank you for another great BWI Live. That'll do it to, for today's show. Uh, for Ryan Snyder, who joined us earlier as well, for Nate Bauer and Dave Eckert, I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back every Monday at noon to talk about Penn State Sports, Penn State NIL Collective, Penn State Frisbee? Maybe not. Maybe not Penn State Frisbee. I don't know. I, I mean, it was it was fun in front of the business building. We've been reminiscing all day, so I'll just say Frisbee in front of the business building was fun. But we'll be back tomorrow with the BWI Recruiting Show, and Abdul Carter joins the BWI Daily, the four-star linebacker uh, from LaSalle College High School. He is coming up today on the BWI Daily Edition. Stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Talk to you then.